0: Welcome to the Whitefields Community Church Podcast. For more information about our church, including location and service times, visit us online at whitefieldschurch.com. If you are blessed by this message, please consider sharing it with others and leaving a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. Today's message comes from our Advent series Light in the Darkness. Well, Merry
1: Christmas. Welcome to all of you. So glad to see you here today. I hope you're ready for all that uh, is in store for you this evening as you return to your homes and go to wherever you're going to. I'm going to just take the next few minutes before we get into more singing to talk to you about what the Bible has to say about the meaning of Christmas. So let me ask you that question. If I were to ask you a question, how would you end this sentence? How would you complete or finish this sentence? Christmas is... and then fill in the blank. What would you say? Now, some of you might answer that in different ways, right? So some people would say, Christmas is... Exciting. There's some of you who feel that way tonight, right? You've got time off school. You're, there are presents under the tree. Maybe you've got time off work. You're looking forward to spending time with people you love. You kids, you can't wait to see what presents you got. Uh, you parents, you're excited to see the looks on your kids' faces when they open their presents. So for some of you, Christmas is exciting. Others of you would finish that sentence in a slightly different way. Maybe you'd say, no, you know what? I would complete that. I would fill in that blank with a different word. I would say, Christmas is hectic. And I know for me, that's personally one that I can resonate with a lot. Maybe you have a lot to do here at the end of the year. Maybe you have family in town and it's a busy season. You know, sometimes doesn't it feel like celebrating Christmas is kind of like having a second job that lasts for half the year. There's like lights to be hung. There's pictures to take. There are cards to send and presents to buy. And it's interesting because Christmas is just one day out of the year. It's just one day on the calendar. And yet the preparations for Christmas take months, right? We don't do that with any other holiday, right? There's we don't do that with like the 4th of July. We're like, it's February, time to prepare for the 4th of July. We don't do that with Labor Day. And people even argue about like how early in the year is it appropriate to begin preparing for and starting to celebrate Christmas. I have family members who complete their Christmas shopping in October every year, right? And so in September, they email us, text us asking for our wish list for Christmas. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to be like. I might have new hobbies. I don't even know if I'll like the same things I like. Like, you can't even expect me to tell you what I want in September for December. But, But still other people, right, they might say, well, it's not that I would say Christmas is hectic. Rather, I would complete that sentence, Christmas is. I would fill in the blank with a different word. The word I would fill in the blank with is, Christmas is lonely. Or some people would fill in the word, and they might say, Christmas is bittersweet. Because while other people are celebrating, it reminds them maybe that they're alone or or it might remind you that someone you love isn't around right now. But how does the Bible describe what Christmas is? If we were to ask God, like, God, how would you want us to complete that sentence? What does the Bible say about how we should complete that sentence? Christmas is fill in the blank. Well, on the night when Jesus was born, we read the angels appeared to some shepherds who were watching their flocks by night near the city of Bethlehem where Jesus was born. And here's what the angels told those shepherds. They said, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people for unto you Is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. In other words, the word the Bible would use to fill in that blank, to finish that sentence, the Bible would say, Christmas is good news. Christmas is good news. And that's important because beyond the excitement of festivities and presents, beyond the hectic busyness of this season of the year, for those who are lonely, and especially for those who are mourning, for everyone, Christmas is good news. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what circumstance you are facing, Christmas is good news. That's what the angels declared. It's good news of great joy. For whom? For all people. So no matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter how you're feeling this Christmas season, understand that Christmas is good news, and it's good news for you. So why is Christmas good news? Here's what the Bible says, and this is what we're going to look at tonight. Every every time we study, I like to give you one sentence that is kind of a, a takeaway truth, a thought that you can take with you as you go, and here's what it is for tonight's message. The good news of Christmas is that God entered into the darkness of this world to give us the light of life. So I'll say that one more time. The good news of Christmas is that God entered into the darkness of this world to give us the light of life. Now we're going to take that sentence and we'll break it down into three parts to guide us through our study tonight. So the first part, the good news of Christmas. Now isn't it true that everybody loves to hear good news? Maybe you've had somebody come up to you at, at some point and say, hey, I've got good news and I've got bad news, right? Well, nobody's excited to hear the bad news. We, we endure the bad news in the hope of what the good news will be we, because we want to hear the good news, but we endure the bad news. But if you think about it, think about this. What is the best news that you can even imagine? Right? Like, what would be the best news you could possibly imagine? Maybe it would be that someone who has cancer would be cancer-free. That would be great news. Or that someone would be cured of an illness that threatened their life. That would be great news. Maybe it would be that there was justice, that justice took place in a situation where someone did something wrong or hurt somebody else. That would be good news. Or maybe it would be the news that someone's in love or that a baby was born. Those are all examples of great news that we can hear. But here's the thing all these examples of even the very best news. They're temporary, aren't they? They're temporary. They're glimmers of light, but in the back of our minds, we know that even the very best news won't last forever. The person who's cured of an illness or a disease, we know that eventually they'll get sick again with something else. When a child is born, we rejoice over that new life, and yet we know that someday they're going to grow up and become a teenager, right? Uh, when there's justice that takes place in a situation where someone was hurt, we rejoice that justice happened, and yet the justice still doesn't remove or erase the hurt and the pain of the prior actions. So even the best news that you can possibly think of, you know this in the back of your mind, that while it's good, it's only temporary. And the Bible explains why that is. In the book of the prophet Isaiah... We're told this, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. Who is he talking about? Who are the people who walked in darkness? Well, that's talking about us. And that describes our world. That's the human condition. To be human, to live in this world, is to live in darkness, to walk in darkness, and to live in a land. Here's how it describes our world. A land of deep darkness. Darkness. In fact, that phrase, deep darkness, in Hebrew, it literally means the death shadow, the death shadow. Which is why when this verse is quoted in the New Testament, in the Gospels, when it talks about Jesus, Matthew's Gospel quotes this verse from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, but there Matthew translates it literally, and he says, those who live, not in deep darkness, but those who live in the shadow of death. Matthew chapter 4, verse 14, Matthew tells us that when Jesus was born into the world, it was, why did it happen? Here's why. So that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Remember that prophecy that we just read a moment ago, so that what Isaiah said would be fulfilled. And then he quotes the verse that we just read, but again, he translates it literally, and here's what he says. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. Now, who is this talking about? Who are the people who live in the shadow or under the shadow of death? Well, that's us. That's what it means to be human. He's talking about you, he's talking about me, all of us. We live our lives under the shadow of death. Every moment of our lives, we live, work, and play in the shadow of death. And think about that image because it's very evocative, isn't it? Have you ever stood in the shadow of a large building? If maybe you've been in a downtown area where there were tall buildings, when you stand in the shadow of a large building, that shadow completely covers you. It completely encompasses you. I was in the mountains this week with my kids. We were skiing, and you know what happens is you're up at the top of the mountain. The sun's shining. It's nice. But even in the early afternoon, even 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock p.m., as you go down the mountain, as you're in the valley, those big mountains, they cast a shadow upon you. And there in the valley, you are standing in the shadow of those mountains. And as they cast their shadow upon you, it's cold, it's dark, even when the sun is shining up in the sky. So to say that we live our lives in the shadow of death, it evokes this image of death as this giant thing that is constantly, every moment, looming over us, hanging over us every moment of our lives. Which is why, even in our most joyous moments, there's a bit of hesitation in our hearts, isn't there? Even in your happiest moments, there's hesitation in your hearts because you know that even the best news, even the greatest moments, are temporary. We realize it's only a matter of time before this shadow before death descends upon us and robs us of those joys in one way or another. But here's why Christmas is truly good news. In fact, the best news possible. The good news of Christmas is that we who live in the shadow of death, upon us who live in the shadow of death, a light has come. Now think about what that means. It means that the light that God is promising to send there through the prophet Isaiah is even more powerful than death. The light will drive out the darkness of even death itself so that we will no longer live in its shadow anymore. And in verses 6 and 7 of that same chapter, Isaiah chapter 9, going down into verse 6, Isaiah tells us that the light which is coming into the world, which will drive out the darkness, that light is actually a person.
0: You've been listening to a message by Pastor Nick Cady of Whitefield Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We'll get back to the remainder of this message in a moment. Join us this Christmas season at Whitefields Church in Longmont. On Christmas Eve, we are having two services at 4 and 5.30 p.m. And we are having a service on Christmas morning at 9.15. For the month of December, join us on Sunday mornings as we remember and celebrate the coming of Jesus with a series of messages called One of Us, in which we will be looking at how, in Jesus, God became one of us reveal Himself to us and redeem us. We are located at 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, just west of I-25 on Highway 119. Invite a friend and join us this Advent season at Whitefields Church in Longmont, including Christmas Eve at 4 and 5.30 p.m. and Christmas morning at 9.15 a.m. For directions and more information, visit our website at whitefieldschurch.com. Now, back to Pastor Nick with the remainder of today's message.
1: This light he's talking about is a person who is going to come, and that brings us to the second part of our sentence. The good news of Christmas is that God entered into the darkness of this world. Who entered in? God did. Isaiah tells us, starting in verse 6, about this light who is to come, this child who will be born. He says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The light that is going to come into the world, Isaiah tells us, will be born as a child, a baby boy, And it says that he will be given to us. Now, remember, this prophecy was given, first of all, to the Jewish people. So to say that this child will be born and he'll be given to us, what he's saying is that this will be a baby boy born to the Jewish nation. When it says that the government will be upon his shoulders, what that means is that he will be a ruler, he will be a king. But even beyond that, think about this. It means that the burdens that you carry, the burdens that I carry, they will be removed from our shoulders And they will be placed upon him. But here's where it gets really interesting. Isaiah gives us in that verse, Isaiah 9, verse 6, he gives us four descriptive titles that tell us who this person will be, this light who will one day come into the world to save us from the shadow of death. First of all, he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. What that means is that he will be a great teacher. He will teach the way of God with authority. But not only will he be a great teacher, he'll be more than that. He will also be called Mighty God. Mighty God. And this is incredible because it's telling us that this child who will be born, this human child, will actually be God Himself come to us as a human person. And just in case you were confused, He will also be called the Everlasting Father. In other words, this won't be a different God. It won't be another God. It won't be a new God other than the one we've known until now. No, this will be the one true God, the God who created the universe, the God who spoke to Moses from the burning bush, the God who parted the Red Sea, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That God is going to be born as a baby. And through his life here on earth, he will destroy death and darkness forever so that we no longer have to live in the shadow of death. And finally, he will be called the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace, because he will bring us true and lasting peace, both physically and spiritually, that will last forever. So this promise given through the prophet Isaiah was that God himself would come into the world, born as a human child, in order to rescue us out from under the shadow of death. Now, fast forward with me, if you will. A few hundred years into the future, from the time that Isaiah wrote this prophecy, a few hundred years into the future, unto the time of the Gospel of John, at the time of the birth of Jesus. The Gospel of John is one of four books in the Bible that tell the story of the life and ministry of Jesus. But what makes John's Gospel unique is that when it comes to talking about the birth of Jesus and the Christmas story, John doesn't tell us what happened Other gospel writers already took care of telling us what happened. Instead of telling us what happened, John focuses on telling us what it means. Here's what happened, but what does it mean? That's what John wants to talk about. And so in the first chapter of the gospel of John, John introduces us to Jesus by telling us who Jesus is. And the first thing that John tells us is that Jesus existed before he was born that first Christmas day. You see, Jesus is the God who created the world. And then look at what he says in verses four and five. He says, and in him was life. And the life was the light of men. He says in verse five, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. John is telling us that Jesus is the light that Isaiah talked about. Back in Isaiah chapter 9, when he promised that a light would come into the world, who would be a person, a baby, who would be God. John is saying, that's who Jesus is. He's the light that Isaiah promised and talked about. Jesus is the person who is actually God. Come to us to rescue us from the dominion of darkness and set us free from the shadow of death by destroying it forever. And that brings us to the last part of our sentence. The good news of Christmas is that God entered into the darkness of this world to give us the light of life. John goes on to tell us that the reason why Christmas is good news is because what Christmas means, he says in verse 9, is that the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Friends, the promise of Christmas is that darkness, darkness and death will not have the last word. It means that there is hope no matter how difficult the circumstances you're facing right now are. It means that there is meaning and purpose that goes beyond just those fleeting moments of joy and happiness in your life. In fact, the moments of joy and happiness that you experience in your life, when someone falls in love, when when we celebrate a new life, when, when you enjoy being together with people you love, those most joyous moments of your life, you know what they are? They're not it. Rather, they are signposts pointing to the big it that your heart longs for, the promise that God has for you. They're signposts pointing to the life which is to come when darkness, darkness and death are removed forever. They're glimpses, hints, previews, peaks into the life and joy that await you when darkness and death will be taken away forever. You know, when Jesus got older, he declared this same thing. Here's what Jesus said. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. That's Jesus in his own words. I've come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. And yet, John tells us there in his gospel that even during Jesus' lifetime, not everyone recognized him for who he was. Not everyone recognized him as the Savior who had come, as the one who had come as light into the darkness of this world to save us from the shadow of death. But John says this, not everyone received him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The meaning of Christmas, John tells us, is that God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life as we give gifts to each other this Christmas evening or some of you in the morning, remember, the reason we do it is because God gave us the greatest gift, the gift of life through his son. For, John tells us, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So what exactly did Jesus do to save us from the shadow of death? Well, here's how the writer to the Hebrews explains it. Here's what he says. He says, because we are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son, Jesus, also became flesh and blood because only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Because Jesus died, you no longer have to fear death. That's the message of the gospel. Because Jesus was God come to us, that's why through his death, he was able to break the power of death. On the cross, Jesus paid the penalty for your sins. And by paying the penalty for your sins himself, Jesus removed the curse of sin from your life. That was his gift to you. And if you receive that gift then not only will your sins be forgiven, but that means that death will no longer have its grip on you. You will no longer have to live your life in its shadow any longer. Rather than darkness leading to death, you will have the light of life. Now maybe you're wondering, Nick, why are you talking about the death of Jesus on Christmas? This is Christmas. We're supposed to be talking about the birth of Jesus. Yes, I agree. But you know what? You can't understand the significance of Jesus' birth without talking about his death. Let me give you an example. How many of you have heard about the wise men, right? The wise men who came to visit Jesus after he was born. They were magi. We read about them in Matthew chapter 2, how magi, wise men from the east, came to pay homage to Jesus, the newborn king. We sometimes think that there's three, right? We sometimes say, oh, the three wise men. But the fact is, we don't actually know how many wise men there were. All we know is that they brought three gifts, right? There could have been two wise men. There could have been 27 wise men. All we know is that they brought three gifts. And my guess is when they brought those gifts to Jesus, they probably told him, now listen, Jesus, these gifts, they're for your birthday and for Christmas, okay? Just so you understand, right? There's not going to be any other gifts, right? You guys who have December birthdays, you understand but do you remember the gifts that the wise men gave? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I bet Mary was like, oh, wow, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I was kind of hoping for, like, diapers and a crib, but oh, cool, I guess. Thanks for the gifts, right? Um, You know, I mean, there's nothing a little baby loves more than just playing with a can of frankincense, right? Like, who doesn't like that, right? So what's the deal with these gifts? Look, I get the gold. That makes sense, right? It's like your, your family member who on Christmas always comes up and hands you a couple of 20s, right? Everybody loves that guy, right? Some money. Uh, you can spend on whatever you want. Awesome. That's nice. The frankincense. Frankincense was an aromatic spice that was used as incense in the temple. If we were to put it in our modern-day terms, it would be kind of like a really expensive Christmas candle with some religious undertones, right? So, okay, I get it. We got some cash. We've got a Christmas candle. Pretty normal gifts, right? But then there's this myrrh. Like, what even is myrrh? Well, myrrh was an ointment that was used to prepare dead bodies for burial, Kind of a weird gift to give to a baby, right? Like, I don't think they sell that in the baby section at Target, right? It's as if the wise men were saying, hey, congratulations on the birth of your baby. Now here's something that will come in handy when he dies. That's a strange thing to do, right? Uh, And it was very expensive, which is always nice when it comes to gifts, but also pretty inappropriate gift to give to a baby, unless the wise men understood who Jesus was and why he had been born. Perhaps, and I think likely, They were familiar with the prophecies like those in the book of Isaiah that explained that this child, this light who was coming into the world, wasn't coming only to live an exemplary life, but also to die so that through his death he could set us free from the shadow of death and bring us into the light of life. Christmas is good news for you, whoever you are, Whatever you're facing in your life right now, Christmas is the very best news in the history of the world because the good news of Christmas is that God entered into the darkness of this world to give us the light of life. And how do you receive that gift this Christmas? Well, Jesus said, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. That's how you receive the gift, by believing the way to experience the true meaning of Christmas, to have the true joy of Christmas this Christmas season. Here's how. By putting your faith and your confidence in Jesus, the Prince of Peace, who came to set you free from the power of darkness so that you would no longer have to live in the shadow of death, but in him you can have the peace that comes from having the light of life. Would you please bow your heads with me and let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your... Immense and abundant grace to us, Lord. We remember it this Christmas as we give gifts to each other. Lord, we remember that we do so because you have given us the greatest gift, the gift of life.